Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are continuing our fantasy football all 32 team previews. Today, we are continuing the AFC West, and we're going to be talking about the Las Vegas Raiders. So we're going to talk about what the Raiders offense did last season and what you can expect to see this season and what you can expect from a fantasy perspective from the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end positions. It's going to be a lot of information that's going to tell you everything you need to know before you draft a Raider onto your fantasy team. Now, if you missed our earlier episodes, if you're listening on the podcast, go check out the feed. We previously done the Kansas City Chiefs and Los Angeles Chargers. If you are on YouTube, links are in the description for those two videos. Um, so check those out if you have not already. Now, a few other housekeeping items. Whether you are listening on podcast or watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button. Please hit the like button. It is free and it really helps me out a lot. It really shows me a lot of support and helps me grow this channel, which I really want to do heading into this fantasy football season. If you're listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else, please rate and review. Um, Those really do help me out a lot. Like I cannot stress this enough. I really do appreciate it and it really does help me out a lot. Now it is also best ball season. We're going to talk a little bit about best ball here on today's podcast. So if you want to try out some best ball drafts on underdog fantasy and you're a first time user, use my code mconnelly88. Um, you can see it in the YouTube video. Um, it's also pinned to my Twitter profile at Mike's Money Picks. Um, you can use that promo code to get your first deposit matched up to $100. All right, so let's go ahead and start with the preview. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. So before we talk about what they are going to do in 2023, let's go ahead and talk about what the Las Vegas Raiders did on offense in 2022. So last season, the Raiders were 12th in the NFL in scoring, and they were 11th in total yards. They were a pretty successful offense, and they did so mostly through the air. They passed the ball at the 11th highest rate in the league, but they were actually below average in total offensive plays, meaning that whether it was game flow dependent or just you know the script of the offensive coordinator, they were throwing the ball quite a lot. They really weren't running as much as a whole lot of other teams. Now, it's also important to know that last year was the Raiders' first season under new head coach Josh McDaniels. You may be familiar with Josh McDaniels from about the decade or so that he was in New England with Bill Belichick as his offensive coordinator, coaching up the likes of Tom Brady, uh, Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker, and the whole lot, right? So he brought a little bit of that New England offense to the Raiders last season. However, they did do a lot of things differently in Las Vegas. But it is important to know this is an offensive-minded head coach. This is an aerial-minded offensive attack. And I do expect those two things to continue. And I expect at least the knowledge of the offensive scheme to be a little bit better as they head into year two. Now, we got to start any conversation with the Raiders this year by talking about the quarterback position. So Derek Carr was the primary signal caller for the Raiders last season, and he finished last season from a fantasy perspective as QB 17 overall and QB 19 in terms of fantasy points per game. Now, Carr had a little bit of a inconsistent um, output last season. He had five weekly finishes that were inside the top 10 for that given week, but he had no weekly finishes that were better than fifth. Uh, And in his other 11 starts, you know, obviously they weren't in the top 10. They weren't all exactly, you know, sitting right outside the top 10 either. There was a lot of fluctuation in the weekly performances of Derek Carr. Now, it's also important to note that as the Raiders season kind of 
Uh, the playoff hopes evaporated near the end of the season. They turned to Jarrett Stidham as their starter for the last two games, and he finished his QB3 and QB11 in those two weeks. So what that's telling me is that this offense is going to be pretty quarterback friendly. Um, given that Carr was able to finish in the top 10 multiple times, Stidham was able to finish third and 11th in his two games. Uh, and Josh McDaniels does run a very quarterback friendly offense. But the problem with the Raiders right now is there's just no clue of who's going to be their starting quarterback ending in the next season. Obviously, they acquired Jimmy Garoppolo, but with his whole injury and contract situation, and you don't really know what's going to happen there, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the week one starting quarterback. Also, they have Brian Hoyer or rookie Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue on the roster. Um, so I don't know if they're going to really go into week one with one of those guys as their starter. I think they're a prime candidate to trade for a quarterback, or there's also you know the deep conspiracy theory that they're going to sign Tom Brady out of retirement. So, um, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen with the quarterback position for Las Vegas. Uh, and so nobody is really on my radar from a fantasy perspective right now that is on the Raiders roster. But if they were to acquire a quarterback or we were to have for sure knowledge on the health status of Jimmy Garoppolo, I do think that this is a situation worth monitoring because of how quarterback friendly this offense is. Part of the reason that this offense is so quarterback friendly is because of what they are able to do in the ground game. They had a very successful run game last season. Even though they didn't call like a whole lot of run plays, it was pretty successful when they did. Josh Jacobs had an outstanding season last year for the Raiders. He finished a career best RB3 in both overall and fantasy points per game. And it wasn't like just a fluke either. It wasn't touchdown dependent. Um, I don't think he's a big candidate for touchdown regression either way. He was he finished as, according to player profiler, RB4 in expected fantasy points per game. So what that means is when his overall rank is right there close to expected fantasy points per rank, that means that he was doing it in a sustainable way that is going to be repeatable heading into next season. Now, Jacobs also had... Um, a little bit of peaks and valleys with his offensive output as well, although his was definitely a little bit better than Derek Carr's. Jacobs had nine weekly finishes in the top 10 running backs with only four weekly finishes outside the top 30. So what you're looking at is pretty much 13 out of the 17 games last season, Josh Jacobs was a startable fantasy running back. That's pretty solid, um, especially considering last year with where everything was trending with Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, there were a lot of fantasy analysts, myself included, who were not really very high on Josh Jacobs heading into the season. Um, I had him in about the 50 to 60 range. Um, I thought there were a lot of bad signs coming out of training camp with him running with the twos, with him being utilized heavily in the preseason. But he kind of proved everybody wrong uh, and just went out, was productive, was good. And with where you drafted him last season, you know, probably in the 50s, you could argue that he was one of the best fantasy football picks of anybody for the entirety of the 2022 season. Now, also, I think it's important to look at Jacobs' career as a whole, uh, as opposed to just last season. He's played four seasons in the NFL now, and he has never finished a season outside the top 15 in fantasy points per game among running backs. And... He's also becoming more of a receiving back, adapting to the modern NFL, adapting to the Josh McDaniels offense, which likes to target running backs. Josh Jacobs has caught 50 passes in each of the last two seasons. So what you're looking at also is with this Las Vegas Raiders running back situation, Josh Jacobs is a true bell cow. No other Raiders running back last season had a weekly finish better than 20th. And among all running backs, Jacobs was third overall in snap share and first overall in opportunity share. Translation, Jacobs was in the game a lot and he was getting the ball a lot.
more so than pretty much every other running back in the league. Uh, Jacobs totaled the season. If you prefer the non-advanced stats, he was third in total carries and fifth in total targets among running backs. It's important to know, I don't you know, necessarily think of Josh Jacobs as a big pass catching back like a Christian McCaffrey or an Austin Eckler or an Alvin Kamara, but there he was sitting at fifth in total targets among running backs. That is just a testament to the workload that he saw last season. So the big takeaway from the running back position, Josh Jacobs is one of the true workhorse running backs in the league. The only thing that could derail a fantasy season for Josh Jacobs would be injury. I see no reason to think that he can't sustain what he did last season. Jacobs is my RB5 heading into 2023, and no other Raiders running back is really on my radar right now as anything other than a handcuff to Josh Jacobs in a deep league. They have Zamir White. They have, um, I believe it is Amir Abdullah still there, um, and then Brandon Bolden as well. But those are not guys that you should be drafting right now unless you're in a deep league and you need a handcuff for Josh Jacobs. Jacobs is also going a little bit later than I would probably – let me think of the better way to word this. I would probably draft Josh Jacobs earlier than his ADP in best ball leagues with where he's being drafted on underdog. Um, he's generally going at the start of the third round right now, and I would definitely be willing to spend a mid to late second round pick on Josh Jacobs in best ball uh, and overall in redraft fantasy leagues. I think he is definitely worth an end of the round one to start of the round two pick. All right, so that does it for the running back position. Let's go ahead and talk about the wide receiver positions. And so the big one for the Raiders is that they traded for Devontae Adams prior to the start of the 2022 season. Now, this was like big news in the NFL because it was reuniting college teammates Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. It was also separating Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And so that was big news. You know, it kind of caused a big shift in how people thought of these two teams and these two offenses, but it didn't really change things for Devontae Adams. He succeeded in Vegas just like he did in Green Bay. He finished the season as wide receiver three overall and wide receiver five in fantasy points per game. And he did so leading the entire NFL in target share and was second in total targets. He also possessed what I would say are kind of like, I really want to find a better word than this, but kind of like the cheat codes for a lot of fantasy scoring at the wide receiver position. He led all wide receivers in total touchdowns, and he was second in deep targets. If you get targeted deep, and if you get targeted in the end zone, that's going to translate to major fantasy points, and Devontae Adams had that last season. Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, their profiles are actually very similar because they both profile as huge opportunity guys who saw a lot of touches last season and there wasn't really a whole lot of competition for touches uh, and so they're kind of regarded in the same way to that now Adams wasn't the only receiver who played um for the Raiders last season, but he is like the primary one that we're talking about from a fantasy perspective so I also think that it's important that we compare Adams's production with and without Derek Carr at quarterback, right? His, his production was not a result of incredible quarterback play. Adams actually led the NFL in unrealized air yards and only had a 72% catchable target rate. That was not in the top 60 among wide receivers in the NFL last season. So it's not like even if you think, oh, well, you know, he's not going to have Derek Carr thrown to him. He's not going to get the ball as much. It's not going to be as efficient. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the case. 
In fact, he finished as wide receiver two in week 17 when Jarrett Stidham started at quarterback. So Adams showed us the ability to succeed with both Carr and Stidham last year. It gives me the confidence to think that he's going to be able to succeed no matter who is at quarterback for the Raiders this season. Now, another thing to mention is that like Carr, like Jacobs, Adams was also a bit of a boomer bust player. This Raiders offense, it really had games where they just sputtered offensively, like when they got shut out against the Saints about midseason. Um, but more importantly, Adams himself had five weekly finishes inside the top five wide receivers, but four weekly finishes outside the top 50. It's not great. However, he does give you that weekly upside because of how much targets he gets, how much opportunity he gets. Um, I really think that I think that that four number of finishes outside the top 50, that could easily be lowered just with a little bit of regression or a little bit of luck one way or the other. His workload gives him a super high floor for the entire season, even though it may not be a high floor for an individual game. It is worth noting, even though he did have those four dud performances, that he did eclipse five targets in every single game last season. If you're a wide receiver and you eclipse five targets in every single game, like I said, that gives you such a high floor for the season-long perspective, even if it can fluctuate from a week-to-week perspective, and he can be a bit of a boomer bust player. Now, we do have to talk about the other Raiders wide receivers, though. So this is important to know. In the NFL... The base personnel for most teams is what's known as 11 personnel. One running back, one tight end, three wide receivers on the field. And the Raiders ran 11 personnel at a higher rate than any other team, meaning they had exactly three receivers on the field, along with one running back and one tight end, more than any other team in the league last season. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that the other two wide receivers on the field not named Adams were productive. Other Raiders receivers only totaled two finishes in the weekly top 20 for the entirety of last season. That was Mac Hollins in week three and Hunter Renfro in week 18. It is also worth noting that this Raiders offense didn't exactly sustain multiple good performances by wide receivers. Last year, Adams was not in the top 25 receivers in either of the two weeks that Mac Hollins or Hunter Renfro was in the top 20. So, translation, there was never a week where the Raiders had two receivers in the top 20 at their position in fantasy. So, this offense, whether even when it got hot, it only supported one wide receiver as a sustainable starter week in and week out. Now, it's worth noting for best ball. I don't necessarily think this is a team where you should go out and stack three or four wide receivers from. Um, it's also worth noting that um, if something were to happen to Devontae Adams and he were to miss time, you could probably expect a big uptick in production from one of the other two wide receivers. Now, last season for the totals, um, Hollins finished the year as wide receiver 46. Hunter Renfro ended up missing seven games and finished as wide receiver 63 in fantasy points per game, which was hugely disappointing because Renfro was actually in the top 20 in terms of wide receivers in fantasy points per game in 2021. And so he took a big step back in 2022. I think the health was a big reason for that. And I think the target monster Devontae Adams lining up alongside him was also a big contributor to that. So what can we expect out of the Raiders wide receivers this year? Well, Matt Collins played last season with a 16.8% target share. Okay, remember that number. The Raiders added Jacoby Myers from New England in the offseason. Worth noting, New England, 
He's familiar with Josh McDaniels. Jacoby Myers was wide receiver 29 overall and in fantasy points per game last season as well. He was wide receiver 29. Now, in New England, Myers had a 22% target share and operated primarily out of the slot. So what I'm saying is Myers' target share in New England was much higher than Howens' target share in Las Vegas. So I don't think you can just expect Myers to come in and you know just copy and paste Howens' production over to Myers. Um, or copy and paste Myers' production last season over into what he's going to do this season. Now, what I do like about Myers, though, is that in the time that he's been in the league, he's been a very efficient player. He's also been a player who probably hasn't scored as many touchdowns as he should. In New England, in what was not a very efficient offense last season, Jacoby Myers averaged 2.18 yards per route run last year, which was good for 19th in the league. That's a pretty high number. And so Myers is a pretty efficient receiver that can maybe take, you know, in, uh, let me think the best way to word this. He can increase that secondary target share the Hollands had and probably command a bit more than that 16.8%. Now, here's the bottom line. Any Raiders receivers not named Devonta Adams are going to be hard to predict for the 2023 season. Like we talked about, we don't really know what we're going to get out of the quarterback position for any of these guys. And so that could definitely lift or sink the projections of any of these wide receivers. For the season, Devonta Adams is heading into it as my wide receiver four, behind only Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and Tyreek Hill. I think the elite target numbers that he gets, as well as the premium targets that he gets in the end zone and with the deep targets, give him a super high floor and a super high ceiling, no matter what the quarterback play looks like. Jacoby Myers is currently my wide receiver 48, and Hunter Renfro is currently my wide receiver 80. And I think both of these guys have room to rise pending any trades or surprise releases or, you know, something out of the quarterback play, you know, for Las Vegas. If we were to get news that they were going to get a different quarterback, I, I could see those rankings rising. I, I think right now it's worth noting that those two guys are being drafted at their floor. Like, I, I don't see anything happening where I'm going to drop Jacoby Myers or Hunter Renfro in my rankings. I, I could see a lot of things happening where they end up moving up in my rankings. Uh, I've seen that Hunter Renfro is actually a candidate to be released from the Raiders. Uh, and if that happens, I like Jacoby Myers a lot more. And I might even like Renfro more depending on the destination that he ends up at. So um, that's the outlook for the wide receiver position. Super hard to predict right now, but I think it's very much worth noting that these guys are being drafted at their floor, not at their ceiling for what they could be if the situation were to improve over the course of the summer. Now, we do need to talk about the tight end position as well. So the Raiders last year running 11 personnel, more than any other team, was beneficial to tight end as well because, you know, they had a tight end on the field for over 80% of their snaps last year, which is not bad, right? Um, however, due to injuries, those tight ends that were on the field didn't exactly um, – command a whole lot of targets, and they didn't exactly produce a whole lot. The Raiders targeted tight ends at the ninth lowest rate in the league last season. However, much like the rest of the Raiders offense, this is kind of a recurring trend here, they had a little bit of peaks and valleys. Darren Waller finished with four weekly top 10 finishes, and Foster Moreau turned in two weekly top 10 finishes. So that's six weekly top 10 finishes out of the tight end position from this Raiders offense. Now, thanks to injuries, Waller finished as tight end 31 overall, 
Moreau was actually just one spot higher as tight end 30. But it is important to note that Darren Waller was tight end 10 in overall fantasy points per game. So if Waller were healthy over the course of the entire season, it's very likely that he would have finished as a top 10 fantasy tight end. Now, here's also another stat that is very worth noting. If you were to add up Darren Waller and Foster Moreau's fantasy points per game last season, it would have been good for tight end two over the course of the whole season. So basically, if you could just have one position where it was Raiders tight end with no name attached to it, that would have been tight end two over the course of the entire season last year. Now, it's also important to note, neither Darren Waller nor Foster Moreau currently play for the Raiders. Darren Waller is in New York, and Foster Moreau... I'm going to be honest, I don't know where he ended up, but it ain't with the Raiders. Now, the Raiders currently have three tight ends on their roster, uh, Michael Mayer, Austin Hooper, and O.J. Howard. Michael Mayer is the rookie out of Notre Dame. You may remember Austin Hooper from his um, Falcons and Browns days, and you may remember O.J. Howard from his Bucks days. So they've got two kind of wily veterans, uh, and then the rookie Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Now, here's the bottom line with the tight end position for the Las Vegas Raiders. If one player could obtain Darren Waller's role, which was 14.4% target share, tight end 10 in fantasy points per game, they could certainly be viable as a starting fantasy tight end. However, with those three names, Mayer, Hooper, and Howard, I don't know if that is going to end up being just one guy. Now, I really like Michael Mayer. He is probably the betting favorite to come out of camp as the Raiders tight end one, if you could bet on such a thing. Um, I really liked him out of Notre Dame. I watched him a lot at Notre Dame because I watched a lot of college football. He actually led Notre Dame's offense in targets last season from the tight end position, which is really hard to do in modern day college football. And he was also on the field all the time because he was a great blocker. He was on the field when they were running. He was on the field when they were passing. He was great in the play action game because you never knew whether he was going to uh, block or go out for a route. And he was just a really good college tight end. And I really think he's going to be a good pro in the NFL. However, history is not on the side of Michael Mayer when it comes to rookie tight ends being fantasy viable. Since the year 2000, only three players, three in 23 seasons, have finished as a top 10 fantasy tight end in their rookie season. If you're watching on YouTube and you want to have some fun, Take your guess in the comments as to who those three players are. A little bit of trivia time for you. Um, the answer may surprise you. It surprised me when I looked it up. So even if you weren't expecting top 10 upside out of Michael Mayer, only seven tight ends in those 23 seasons have finished in the top 16 tight ends in their rookie season. So just the math is not there for a rookie tight end to finish in the top 16, even though I really do like Michael Mayer. Now, the bottom line for this, or the bottom line for the Raiders is this, that that tight end role is a sleeping giant that has immense upside if one player can overtake it. And if that one player is Michael Mayer, he might just add himself to that name of guys who finished in the top 10 or the top 16 tight ends in their rookie season. If you were a call at the start, I said Josh McDaniels, the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Josh McDaniels, previous offensive coordinator in New England. Um, you remember who the tight end in New England was for all those years? It was Rob Gronkowski, another tight end who could play anywhere on the field, who could block, who could run routes, who was a mismatch no matter where you put him. If McDaniels were to kind of envision Michael Mayer in the Gronk role, Michael Mayer would have immense upside as a fantasy tight end, especially in dynasty leagues. I think this is also a very interesting situation to monitor their training camp if the Raiders end up cutting Hooper 
or Howard, I definitely think that's a really good sign for the value of Michael Mayer. But as of right now, I have him as nothing but a dart throw or a bench tight end in a redraft league or a deeper league. Um, and in a best ball league, I think you can draft him as a bench tight end as well. If you were playing Dynasty, though, I do think he is a very viable commodity because of the offense that he's in and the talent that he possessed coming out of Notre Dame. All right, so that does it for the Las Vegas Raiders 2023 Fantasy Football Preview. So if you like what you heard, please hit the subscribe button. Please hit the like button. It helps me out a lot. If you want to catch up on all the other team previews, if you're on YouTube, check the links in the description. You can find them to the Chargers and the Chiefs. If you are listening on the podcast, just scroll on the podcast feed. You can find it in the feed. Not too difficult. Um, but yeah, that is all we got for today, guys. We're going to continue up our tour of the AFC West with the Denver Broncos later this week. So if you're subscribed to the podcast or to the channel, you can get notified when that episode drops uh, and you can get that information to you. Hopefully, I was able to give you guys some information today here on the Raiders that will help you whether you play redraft, whether you play dynasty, whether you play best ball. Hopefully, I gave you guys a lot of information that can help your evaluations of these Las Vegas Raiders as you head into the 2023 season. Now, if you want all of this information for not just the Las Vegas Raiders, for all of the other um, players that are on fantasy football drafts this season, head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. I have my fantasy football draft guide, which is kind of like um, a write-up. It, it's a lot cheaper than a magazine. I promise you that. Um, and then I also have my um, ranking spreadsheet where they're sortable. Um, I got them by posi position by position, and I'm going to be updating them over the course of the summer as new NFL information drops. So um, if you want all that information from me, head on over to patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right, y'all, that does it for the Raiders preview. Thank you guys for watching or listening, and I will see you next time.